Good morning, Highlight Church. You guys look good. How's everyone doing? Good. Good. Yeah. good. You look good. good. Look good. Okay. Hey, let's welcome in our online family, Facebook. Come on, let's put our hands together. Facebook, YouTube, Highlight.Church. Thank you for being with us this morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. Today yeah. I have a, a partner in crime or a partner in goodness. We're in church. <laughs> you can say crime. Oh, well. Hey, let's welcome PK, everyone, to the stage. Thank you, guys. Thanks, dear, for being with us. Yes. And, Myra um, is my name. Yes, yes. Yes. That's my wifey. It'll be eight years in November. Yes. Uh, Y'all, I really, out. I just forget. I'm yeah. sorry. She's always seven or six. I'm like, <laughs> you need to add a year or two on to that. I know. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's just been so long, babe. It's yeah. So that's, that's great. Hey, let's go ahead and prepare our Bibles. If you're new here and you don't have uh, scripture or um, if you don't have any scripture, it's okay. We started this church for everyone, non-believers, yeah. new believers, seasoned believers, and uh, we also have three Bibles here, the two TVs and the screen. So uh, we have what you need. I want us to dive into Psalm 92. Yes. We're going to co-preach today. So we're going to share uh, together. And, um, and I'm going to try to slow down. Yeah. I mean, I you, you were great. You, yeah. I think you, you balanced me out. I'm okay. kind of slow. And <laughs> yes. yeah, so I'll. I'll try to speed up. How about yeah. that? Yeah. I'm, okay, so I'm always the first one out of the car, like zipping. Yeah. Does anybody do that? Like, take the keys out, you're just gone, right? Okay. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you don't Pastors, get... Pastors, like, I'm already five minutes into, like, my shopping list. <laughs> He's still getting I'm just walking in. <laughs> but it's because I'm getting everything, so. like, the coffee and stuff. And Judah is the same way. Yeah. Jay is, like, my partner in crime. He's ready to go. Yeah. Judah. Hey, this isn't a relationship series. So <laughs> no free therapy right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we balance each other out. Yeah. So cool. Let's dive in here, and then, then we'll share the heart behind this particular message. We are in week number four of An Amazing House with a Beautiful Garden. Yeah. Um, the, the synopsis of this series has been God's House, a Healthy Local Church. Not a perfect church, but a healthy church. And so um, we're going to finish the series off today as we prepare for Easter next Sunday. How many of you excited for Easter next Sunday? <laughs> Um, we got some cool stuff going on. We're, we're, we got some great stuff. So make sure you come and, and make sure you try to drag as many people as possible. It's going to be awesome. Invite, invite. Yes. So Psalm 92 says this, verse 12, it says, the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. So the palm tree is known for its fruit. The cedar is known for its strength. Mm-hmm. It says they are planted. Someone say planted. Planted. In the house of the Lord, they flourish in the courts of our God. Mm-hmm. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. Yeah. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. And so the idea behind this series has been what we want to do is we want to plant ourselves in the house of God, yeah. which is the local church. And as we remain planted, the promise of Scripture is that we're going to flourish in the courts of our God. The courts are outside of the church. The courts are everyday life. Right, right. And so a lot of people wonder, man, why am I not flourishing? Why am I not, especially believers, getting where I want to go? And maybe it's because we, we continue to uproot ourselves. And so we, we want to stay planted so that we can flourish in everyday life. And so between... Yeah. 
my wife and I here, there's about 25 years of just being planted in the local church, 15 for myself, 10 for you. And so today we really just want to speak from the heart on six blessings of being planted in God's house. Because it's in the house. It's in the house. Everything you need, it's in the house. It's in the house. So we want to speak on six blessings of being planted in God's house. We'll let you go first. So Easter actually marks 10 years since I gave my life to Jesus. So um, Easter is always a very special time. We can celebrate that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a very special time. Um, He actually witnessed to me at Barnes and Nobles. We did not know each other, but he asked the question, do you know Jesus? And I was like, whoa. And But it was a question that I needed, you know, and uh-huh. we went on a journey going through the book of John and we ended the book of John and then it was Easter, Easter Sunday weekend. And so we yeah. went to play and I gave my life to Christ um, at this Easter play. And, you know, I honestly, I, I still feel it to this day. Like I, I honestly feel like the angels were just <laughs> all around when I gave my life to Christ and I heard them and, you know, I had to walk to the front of the church. Yeah. Okay. And so, yes, I was, I had to be embarrassed in front of everybody, but it was awesome because I didn't even, like, I didn't even know they were there. I just felt like the heavenlies opened up and um, just had such a radical transformation. Um, They took me to this back room. This lady prayed over me and I was just filled with the Holy Spirit. And my life just drastically changed. You know, I was a single mom. Jay was two years old at the time. And um, alcoholic. I will honestly say I I was an alcoholic. Looking back now, I would never think, no, I just love Patron. No, I was an alcoholic. And I loved the party scene a little too much um, to the point where it was taking me away of being a mom on the weekends, right? Because I was just no good for my two-year-old. But God met me in my mess. And he's such a redeeming God. And he doesn't matter where you are. Like, he's going to meet you right there. And so what I have come to find about the church is that the church met me where I was, but it did not leave me there. I was scared to find a church, but I will tell you, when I gave my life to the Lord, it was almost like instant. The Holy Spirit was just like, it's time to find a church. It's time to look for a church home. And I started to look, but I was really scared because, again, I'm thinking the broken me, right? The single mom me, like, I'm not supposed to be a single mom. Scripture, you know, talks about being married and all of these things weighed heavy, but Holy Spirit was like, nope, it is time to find a church. And every church that God has planted me in has always came with the same heartbeat. You know, it's, we're going to meet you where you are, but we're not going to leave you there. And here at Highlight, it's the same thing. So I found two things that the church really did in a season and continues to do. They accepted me and accelerated me. The church accepted me. So the church accepts you. You're your brokenness, what you may have done yesterday. I mean, alcoholics have came through our doors smelling like like alcohol. And honestly, Pastor and I are just like ready to wrap our arms around them because that's what Jesus does. That's the church, right? But then it's, hey, but we see purpose in you, right? We see that God can do immeasurably more in your life. Like we see so much goodness in you. You're not meant to stay here. Um, And so for me, it it looked like, yes, they accepted that I was a single mom, but they were going to push me into purpose. So, hey, join this worship team. Me on the worship team, but don't you see, like I'm a single mom. I I totally have messed up my life. And they're like, no, 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 we love you. We love your son. We want you to sing on this team. And it was things like, hey, and now we want you to lead the youth. 
And me, like, I just gave my life to the Jesus. No, you're on fire. Yes, it's three months in, but we believe in you. And there's girls, there's daughters in the house that need to know that their life is purpose-filled. Oh, yeah. So we, we need you to serve the church in this way. And so I stepped up and said, okay, acceleration. And in every house that God planted, I saw that acceptance and acceleration. And there's this beautiful story in John 8. The book of John is like my favorite gospel. It's the one I was saved under, really. Um, and we have this picture of Jesus and this woman who was caught in adultery. And she's caught in the act of adultery is what the Bible says. So I'm sure that the teachers of the law grabbed her out of the bed. Where was the man, right? No one knows where the man Weird. was. Just the woman, right? Yeah. And can you imagine, Lo? She's probably naked. Like, let's be real. I'm thinking, like, what were you guys doing, like, in the window? Like, just. <laughs> right? Like, what were you? They was listening. They were timing it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> A little too, yeah. It's ridiculous. But here's this woman, <laughs> and she gets thrown in front of everyone embarrassed, right? Yeah. She was probably dirty because they were probably dragging her through the streets. I mean, we didn't have paved roads back in Jesus' day. Like, really think about it. It was probably really dirty, dirty roads. <clears throat> they threw her to the feet of Jesus to try to catch him. Um, and, 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 it, and they, would, they were saying, doesn't it say in the law to stone this woman? And Jesus goes and says, okay, well, whoever's without sin, I want you to first cast that stone. If you're, if you're standing in the circle and you don't have sin, then go ahead and take the stone and hit her. And I love this in John 8, verse 9. It says this, when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stooped, stooped up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Yeah. Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. So we see Jesus here accepting her, but accelerating her, right? Because he says, hey, I know that your past is broken, but I love you. Get up. Leave your life of sin. I'm pushing you forward into everything that I have for you. And so the church has done the same in my life, and I'm sure so many of us can attest. And maybe this is your first time in church. I just want to say, like, you're accepted here, regardless of what you may have came in with. Regardless if you watched something ungodly the night before, porno, whatever, I don't know. Regardless if you, you know, were just leaving the bed of fornication or, you know, you had a little bit too much to drink. It doesn't matter. Worry, right? Because that's even a sin when we're constantly in our brains with worry. God accepts you. We accept you. But one thing is that we don't want to leave you there. And so we provide in the house rooms in order for you to grow like groups, right? Making a difference, coming into a Sunday worship experience to know Jesus. That's that acceleration. You're going to find that leaders here are going to say, hey, there's more. There's more. Yeah. There's more. You're always going to get thrown that because that's the God that you serve. So acceptance wow. and acceleration. Come on. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. Well, uh, let's bow our heads and pray. Anyone want to accept Christ? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, it's just great. And I think whenever you do look for a healthy church, you, you want to find that acceptance. And is there a vision? Are they moving forward? Are there environments where I can grow? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so uh, number two, for me, it's been a place to grow. That's good. There's no place like the church to grow in every area. I believe that there's a seed of greatness that lies within each of us. And uh, we said a few weeks back that your life is a seed, 
and it matters where you're planted. Your life is a seed. And so a lot of our relationships um, create the soil of our life. And so we we really got to be careful who we're around and who we surround ourselves with. Um, And just just a quick survey here. At the 9 a.m., everyone raised their hand. So I'll just kind of set you guys up. Hopefully you passed the test. Does anyone want to be great? Show of hands. Ooh, a little slow, but everyone made it. <laughs> no it's false like, humility. Come yeah, on. Yeah, no false. It was like, uh-huh. ugh, I guess. <laughs> I know you, Pastor. You're going to set us up for something. <laughs> so I, I, I believe that you have the, the ability and the potential to be great in every area of your life. I believe your marriage has the potential to be great, your career, uh, your calling, whatever God calls you to. Yes. Jesus actually gives us a prescription for this, for greatness. And, um, what I love about God is he doesn't beat us up because we want to be great or because we want something to be of high quality. And he says this here. Christ says this in Matthew 23. He says, mm-hmm. the greatest among you must be a servant. Yeah. The greatest among you must be a servant. Someone say servant. Servant. So if you want a great career, mm-hmm. have a servant's heart wherever God sends you. If you want a great, if you want great friendships, come into those friendships serving them. Yeah, that's good. And so there is a prescription here. And if you do a, a, a deeper study of the word servant, go ahead and write this down. This, this blew my mind. In 15 years, I was studying this last night and I said, I, I got to tell the church this. The word servant here that Christ uses means one who makes common things better. Yeah. One who makes common things better. Olivia caught it. And, and then she sure did. And then the, the word here, greatest, is, now this was real fun, diving into this, because greatest can mean big, it can mean quality. But greatest here means highest in rank. Or authority mm-hmm. or top leader. Yeah. And many of us don't like being under people, right? But that's just kind of how it goes. We, right. we have to. We need leadership in our lives. But you can maximize your potential and you can move up the ladder is what right. Christ is saying if you approach every situation with a servant's heart. Come on. Yeah. That, that's what he's saying. Right. And so the church provides that place to, to grow in your leadership. The goal is to always take you from believer to leader, yeah, not it. just believer. You know what I mean? And so go ahead and write this down. If God can trust me with common things today, then he will trust me with uncommon things tomorrow. Right. So, so, so if he can trust me with the common thing today, then the things I'm praying for tomorrow, that's kind of like, the, the trajectory of it right, right. there. And, and the thing is that oftentimes we want to skip that process. Yeah. Right? It's we oversee the common. And it's like, yeah. I'm, I'm better. Yeah. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Take that common thing and make it excellent. Yeah. 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 And, and I love that the church provides like simple, common things. And so, you know, that salvation experience for many of you have come to Christ. It's been forgiveness. It's been grace. And you meet the Lord and, and his spirit is in your heart. And I don't know, but there's something in you that should say, I want to serve the Lord Yeah. because of salvation, because right. heaven is my home, because he's changed my life. There's something in you that says, well, Jesus is building the church. 
I want to build what he's building. I want to be a part of what the God of the universe is doing. So there's that grace component. And then I call it gifts of growth or or opportunities, Trevor, of growth. And so for me, um, first coming to the Lord, the first thing that I was given was a broom. Like a lot of y'all got it made. The first thing you were given was a camera that cost (laughs) $10,000. See, that didn't get the reaction that I was looking for. (laughs) Your pastor got a broom. You know what I mean? And like we're training you guys HD, 4K and all this stuff. You guys are getting it good. You know what I mean? Um, I got got a broom and then the Lord gave me chairs to organize. And then I went to the next church and he said, well, I need you to show up 6 a.m. every Sunday. Take out these heavy road cases with the right heart. Take out the play panels. Take out the kids floors. Pray over those kids floors. The Holy Spirit was working all this in me. And he said, keep a smile on your face. Be a greeter, be an usher, because you're creating a place for people to encounter me the way that you encounter me. Yeah. And, and if I can trust you with the common broom, the common chair for years, I won't have a problem promoting you. Right. B- because I, I know you got big vision in your heart, right. but the thing that's going to be your enemy is your mindset about serving. Yeah. When Christ hung on a cross for me. So I grew in this attitude of I get to serve the Lord. I get to give up this dinner. I get to give up this friendship right, right, because right, of where right. God is taking me. Not I have to. Right. And so the more you can cultivate an I get to mentality when it comes to what Jesus is building, yeah. the easier God can find you and elevate you in authority and yeah. he can trust you with people. Yeah, and so it says this here in 1 Samuel eighteen five. I love this. Whatever. Someone say Whatever. Whatever. Hey, I need you to go outside while it's raining and pack up the parking flags. Mm. Hey, I need you to go and sanitize the entire sanctuary. Mm. Hey, I need you to go and scrub the toilets. I need you to grow, go and get the coffee and donuts. I, I need you to go and open that door for that guest. I need you to hug someone, high-five someone as they come in. Someone yeah. say whatever. 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 Whatever Saul asked David to do, David what? Did it successfully. So Saul made him a commander over. Someone say over. over. Someone say over. over. So whatever, common, he did successfully with the right heart, he kept elevating. That's it. That's, that's what you call kingdom mathematics. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Is this good? No. I mean, it's quiet in yeah. here. Come on. Good. I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's I see so a good. few people like. Uh, well, you know, it's because the world doesn't portray it that way. Right. And so we're constantly being fed a narrative yeah. and we're being pulled away further and further from God. Yeah. Like, no, the vacation isn't where it's at. Yeah. Right. That that hype that they're trying to pull you into into social yeah. media is not there. either. Yeah. Their relationship it's, actually isn't that great. It's like, fleeting. It's, tr- it's truly fleeting. And, and if you can if you can do great in the unseen. The, the places where the Lord will take you, the opportunities that will open up to you, the platforms that will open right. up to you in time, yeah. in time. Because a lot of people say, well, he's young and, and she's young. And it's like, I, I just want to let you know that I didn't touch a microphone until 10 years of following Christ. God said, you will not touch a mic. I know you got a lot to say, but you won't touch a mic. You're going to serve people before you can speak to people. Yeah. Is this a good? Yeah. <laughs> You got it. Yeah. Mm. 
So a third one um, that we've just been able to write. This is good. Experience and also know that it's in the house is healing from hurt. Healing from hurt. Healing from hurt. Yeah. Well, healing from hurt. I can agree because this is my thought when you were coming up at this point is, is that <laughs> if you haven't discovered yet, many of you can agree that there's no hurt like church hurt. Right? There's no hurt like church hurt. Yeah. And if you can heal from church hurt, you can overcome any form of hurt. And so, yeah. Yeah. And church hurt, it hurts so much because it's like, we have an encounter, right, with this awesome God, and we read about him, we, we get taught about him, and he's so perfect and all-knowing. So it's like we equate God, and it's like it's, it's the church as well, but yet homegirl's talking about me, yeah, and she loves Jesus. This, is, this doesn't align. Like, what is going on? Right. So it messes with your theology. It's just like it doesn't make sense. But the thing is that the minute I stepped into this church, it became imperfect, the minute pastor stepped into this church, it became imperfect. So that's why it hurts so much, right? Yeah. Church hurt does hurt. We've experienced it, you know? And what I've come to understand is this. You've, you have to position yourself in this place, and this may sound crazy, but to expect to be hurt. Yeah. Just expect yeah. it. Jesus, before he went to the cross, was sharing a meal with his disciples and he sits here and he says, hey, there's going to be one of you that will betray me. It's going to be the one who dips. But yet he still loved that man. He was expecting to be hurt, but he did this. He blessed them well. So expect to be hurt and learn to bless well. You know, Peter would betray Jesus, right? And, and it says in Scripture, and Jesus told Peter, hey, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But I love what Jesus says. He says, but I've prayed for you. That prayer that Jesus was activating was prayers of blessing, protection, healing, restoration, right? And so if Jesus understood this, we have to understand this as well. Expect to be hurt, but learn to bless well. Yeah, and that's how you can have like this agape love for the bride, the church, the body, right? God's people, unconditional love. And I'll be honest, I didn't learn how to bless well until about maybe like two years into highlight. Something very practical that I do, if there is someone who's caused me offense, whether they, I've heard something or they outright just did something, I very rarely go to the person unless God calls me to. But what I do is pray blessings over their lives. I use their first name and their last name, a middle name if they have it. I pray for their spouse. I pray for their children. I pray for their grandma, grandpa, auntie, uncles, like anyone that they may know. I begin to pray over their workplace, their finances, that God would bless them, that God would increase them. And there's just something that begins to happen. It's like a breaking of the offense and you just begin to heal and feel so much better in his presence. Yeah. So something just very practical, that's just what I do. That's what I do. And unless Holy Spirit's like, okay, now I need you to go have the conversation, then I'll do that. But oftentimes he doesn't because he's working something out in them. And I have to allow him to work that out. 
So just expect to be hurt. Learn to bless well. Um, Jesus did this, again, for his disciples before all of them would betray him. He says this amazing prayer, and he goes and says, God, that you would protect them. You know, Father, be, be with them. Like, I'm about to endure this cross. I, I need you to protect them. Like, they're about to be scattered. I need you to protect them. So he's praying prayers of protection and yes. blessing, even though they would all betray him. So the church, right, we have to position ourselves in the same way. And then I had to understand this. Understand that your battle is not with flesh and blood. Yeah. So this is even a deeper kind of understanding to that church hurt. Ephesians 6.12 says this, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So I have come to understand that I'm not fighting you, right? There's like the enemies at work. So I need to elevate my perspective because I, I am seated in heavenly places. When you have given your life to Jesus, you, are, you have authority and dominion over the enemy. So you can rise above and begin to see what he's doing. Don't, don't allow him to take residence next to you and enter into that gossip. Right? Don't, don't allow him to, to take residence in your mind and now you're casting stones to this person. Yeah. Oftentimes, it's out of their brokenness. And they don't know, truly know, the power and the love of Jesus. And so you've got to elevate your mind and your understanding like, man, this is a spiritual battle that I'm fighting. The enemy is trying to, to divide. So we, we need to make sure that we're having spiritual eyes. Um, and then number three here, I, I think we're able to navigate church hurt better or not, not even enter into church hurt if we do this well. It's don't idolize your pastors, honor them. So too often times we come into the church and because we have the mic, it's almost like, oh my God, like that's it. I want their marriage. I want what they got. Blah, blah. Wow. And yes, we're, we're called to lead you and, and, and you're called to follow us as we follow Jesus, but you're called to be who God has created you to be, right? So you, you can't idolize your pastors, but you, you are called to honor them. And if you don't allow yourself to idolize, then if you haven't heard from me in four weeks because I'm reaching out to 50 yeah. other women, right? You don't feel any kind of way. Because as pastors, we're called to set up environments for you to grow. That's why you have like groups. That's why you serve. I'm not called to like take you by the hand and walk you like side by side. That's why you have each other. And so that's the reason why we're all social yeah. media. Like as this church grows, we want this church to grow healthy. We don't want to be idolized or blown into these celebrity pastors. No, we want God to use us and his power and his glory and his might. So honor your pastors. Well, I think another thing to build on that is that we, as humans, we hurt each other indirectly. We don't mean to, you know what I mean? It could be transactional. You're, you're heading out the door and we just preached a message. We're, We're focused on these two couples that we really need to commit ourselves to this afternoon because we know that they went through something yeah. and, and we're there waiting on them to come. We may give you a quick hello or a quick high five, but you need it more from us. Yeah. And so the idea is that if I idolize them and they don't meet my expectation right. in any given moment, they can really break my heart. You know what I mean? Because they didn't live up to this expectation that they were unaware of. Right. 
And so, you know, just just make sure you're more so lean into that. Man, they're human, too. They missed the mark, too. Jesus died for them, too. And uh, we can all continue to grow together. You know, we, we don't mean to hurt you, but we, we do so indirectly. You yeah, know what I mean? That's good. So, it's powerful. Yeah. First Thessalonians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we can clap for that. That's good. Yeah. First Thessalonians 5.12 says this. Dear brothers and sisters, honors those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. Yeah. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Yeah. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. And here's the key thing. And live peacefully with each yeah, other. Yeah. And so it really starts with you. Yeah. Right? And so we have to, as a church body, it has to start with us. If gossip starts to come around, devil, you are not taking residence. Right? If you start feeling division, nope, enemy, you are not taking residence. And begin to pray in protection for your pastors and your church. Um, but, yeah, that's just a yeah. couple things I've taken I mean, away. and a lot of church hurt is legitimate out there. And I think churches do a poor job at trying to cover things up. Um, you got uh, sexual abuse. You have domestic abuse. You got all sorts of manipulation out there. So this is not to exempt churches and staffs and pastors from the real hurt that's out there. But the encouragement is to hurt and heal. Yeah. Um, the the church I came to Christ at it it dissolved. There you was were a really hurt. yeah, there was a bad split, and I was really hurt. And um, so I had to take a three to four month hiatus from that from from church in general. Um, but what I loved about that season, Olivia, was that I never lost the appetite for the local church. I just needed to heal. Right. So I didn't bring my brokenness into the, the next, next place. Yeah. And so um, that's when Jensen Franklin became an online pastor. He's free chapel in Gainesville, Georgia, amazing church. Yeah. But I think you're in a dark place when you're hurt and you're totally disconnected. Right. It's like I never want to do church again. That's dangerous because Jesus is building his church. That's right. right. He's building his broken bride. And so there is a place for you. It's just not every place is for you. Yeah. Right. And so I'd encourage you um, whenever and if you ever get into a season where you've been hurt, stay, work things out or leave. Right. But find somebody if you leave and, and if you need a healing season, find a, a, a believer that you can trust that can help you walk through that season. Yeah. get some healing and then get back into the house of God yeah. because if Jesus is building his house that means that wherever you're planted your life is going to be built up yeah. it is a it is the plan of the enemy to keep you away from the local Truly. church right right and so. if you didn't hurt and heal I I mean this would not be Whoa. can you like really think about yeah. that right and so you're yeah. going to be kept from all that God has from you if you don't heal properly so you, you just got to watch, right? Don't take the brokenness into the next house. It's like, let's heal that brokenness. Yeah. Let the leaders in that next house know kind of what happened so that they can help restore. Yeah. Um, you know, people have done that here at Highline. I'm like, okay, well, I understand now. Let's help restore. Yeah. I may not get it all right, but let's put you in the environment so yeah. that you can heal well. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah, yeah celebrate that. Yeah, awesome. Number four is uh, lifelong friendships huge blessing here. Lifelong friendships. I want to go to this verse. Uh, David is anointed as king. He's a young man. 
and um, King Saul's son, the prince, really takes a liking to David, yeah. and they become best friends. And it says this here, 1 Samuel 18, verse 1 says, After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't, wouldn't allow him to return home. Verse 3, And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Yeah. Jonathan sealed the pact by, uh, by taking off his robe, giving it to David, together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. And personally, in 15 years, and this is what God is doing supernaturally in the spirit realm in the church. And a lot of us miss it because we just come to church and we leave and we go have a, our lunch. But you really got to understand that this thing is supernatural. And if Christ is building it, that means that every person in here matters. And they don't just matter to God, but they matter to you. Yeah. And so in 15 years, there have been five relationships, God-formed relationships rooted in the local church that God has used to alter the trajectory of my life, you being one of them. And so uh, 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 here it is. This is the thought. Go ahead and write this down. Your current friendships will shape your future. Yes. Your current friendships will shape your future. If you want a glimpse at your future... Look at your friendships. Wow. If you want to know where you're going in the next three, five years, look at your friendships. Are you around lazy people? Wow. Are you around negative people? Worriers? Right. That, that will go from worry to anxiety to depression. Yeah. Because, because Satan doesn't stop with worry. He takes it on. Are you around faith-filled people? Come on. Are you around people who take big leaps of faith? Yeah. Even though they're afraid, they don't know what's, but they're taking big leaps of faith. Yeah. Are you around obedient people? That's big. It's a great chance you're going great places. Yeah. And so five relationships in 15 years that have got me from where I was to where I am. And, and this, is, this is the thought here is that God wants you to develop deep connections with the right people. Deep connections with the right people. And I really want to speak from a pastor's heart because everyone that's in the church, we, we just kind of discussed this, is not well. Mm-hmm. And so what you don't want to do, stand up for me. Yeah. What you don't want to do is attach yourself, I'm broken, you're broken. What you don't want to do is attach yourself too deeply and too intimately to the next broken person. Hmm. Oh, we're just going to hold on to each other and be broken. Yes, girl, we are broken. Your broken is beautiful. Mm. We just broken. Not a relationship series. Yes. And, and, and see, come on over here. Come on over here. What, what, what two broken people do is they, they love to grab the, um, the complaining comforter. <laughs> we don't have a jacket or a blanket. Or yeah, I wish I had one. Oh, yeah. We just, bro- yeah, we in the church. Yeah. Uh, let's complain. Right. It's true. My job. Mm-hmm. Pastor, want me to serve again? I ain't doing it no more. Mm. And y'all go be under that comforter, broken, yeah. and complaining for the next five years. Right. All right, let's sit down. 
You gotta get allergic to it. <laughs> I, I became allergic to it. I, I'm I mean, a, I, <laughs> You're broken. You know I'm going this way. Either you go heal I love or you. I'm allergic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like seriously, like you you so so there are a few people that you're called to connect with. Yeah. Build trust, be transparent, and heal together. And um, so, so you can't see light groups as just another semester. It's a supernatural thing. Right. You can't, women who are in your flourishing mentorships, mm-hmm. please hear my heart. And I'm not even over it like that. These are divine. Yeah. And you got, you ladies have been put together by God for a time such as this. And you got a few more months left. Don't abuse or don't miss out on the opportunity to grow together yeah. because you never know who your mentor is going to be in the future. And this is nothing. Stand up. Got you. I'm up. I wasn't up in the I'm 9 a.m. This is another thing, especially in these uh, flourishing mentorships. If my, if success, come on over here, babe. If success and, and sap and evergreen and as they yeah. get older, planted yeah. in the house, yeah, courts yeah, yeah. of God and yeah. all that, if I have a mentor and I'm attached to her and she's going towards success, you never know where they're going to end up. But it's just like, that's another Bible study, another mentorship, another Tuesday, just bad attitude, just bad. So going over there towards success. I'm attached to you. I'm going where my mentor is going. Yeah. Hey, we made it together. Yeah. Life is good. Good, yeah. It's so true. And it's like, you, you got to see the divinity in what God is doing. We just had men, our first, celebrate this. We just had our first men's breakfast yesterday. That's good. And um, once again, man, like, oh, my God, it was so beautiful. The men were worshiping. Yes, I heard y'all were worshiping. Oh, honestly. my God. I'm like, yeah. where, where are you guys at on Sundays, man? It was, <laughs> come alive in the name of, ooh, 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 ooh. And, um, but it wasn't just a room full of men. It was, that could be the next senator. That could be the next chief of police. That could be the next, and you know, you gotta. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah. Baby, I'm gonna let you, I'll skip that verse. And what's number five? We gotta go home. No, that's good. I love it. Um, So something that I have definitely, and it's such a blessing, it's kids, my our kids have found true life they're yeah. finding true life and so again when i met the lord jay was two years old and jay's sitting here on the front say hello jay um <laughs> and at four he was really brought in to serve you know and uh, helping you and put the play panels and kids together and put the play mats together and he would help run to dunkin donuts and bring the coffee for everybody like yeah. it's just four years old running all over the place because I was on the worship team so I had to help them get the mics and the you know all the things production and all the stuff um and so it's just it's been a beautiful process to see just him grow in worship yeah grow in prayer and grow in reading his word um grow in just helping lead K through fifth back there um and, and Judah, you know, our, our youngest, um, again, growing in his worship, you know, it's just been, uh, <laughs> I like, I'm holding back tears because so honestly, good. it's, it's, it's the greatest thing. So for my parents and parents to be like, it is an absolute blessing to truly raise your kids in the house of God. 
And um, so they, they, they're knowing Jesus. Every Sunday they come, they're getting an experience to know who Jesus is. They say that kids by the age that they come to fifth grade will make the decision to follow Christ for the rest of their lives. Like they have up to the fifth grade now to make that decision. And they may not have made it, but it'll come back in their 20s or in their 30s. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's by the fifth grade now. It used to be, you know, into 12th, uh, I mean, seventh grade, eighth grade and stuff, but it's getting shorter. The yeah. window's getting shorter. So yeah. um, growing in God's plan. So they're they're growing in relationships back there. They're building relationships and they're making a difference. They are serving, yeah. especially our superhero kids. Like HO kids back there, they don't get away with not serving. <laughs> <laughs> so they serve in some capacity. Like last Sunday, I think they were cleaning the toys wow. and they got them wrong and they did it again. <laughs> no, Miss Crizio, we have to do it. And it's just been, it's a, honestly a beautiful gift to raise the kids in the house, you know, and for my parents, I'm sure you've seen your kids like come alive, honestly, yeah. like just blossom before your eyes. Um, and it's been the house of God that has done that. It's because you've placed them in, in a place where they can flourish. So Psalm so 144, 12 through 15, I love these blessings that the Lord speaks over us. Wow. May our sons flourish in their youth like well-nurtured plants. May our daughters be like graceful pillars carved to beautify a palace. May our barns be filled with crops of every kind. May the flocks in our fields multiply by the thousands, every tens, even tens of thousands. And may our oxen be loaded down with produce. Wow. May there be no enemy breaking through our walls, no going into captivity, no wow. cries of alarm in our town squares. Yes, joyful are those who live like this. Joyful indeed are those whose God is the Lord. Yeah. And so we may read that and say, I don't have a barn. You have a home, uh, right? You yeah. have a job. You have a bank account. Like uh, God wants us to prosper. He wants us to flourish. He wants good things for his children. And so it's just, it's been a beautiful thing to see our kids find true life in the house of God. Yeah, it's, once again, it's, it's been amazing. And the Lord is a promise keeper. And, and so it, it's impossible for, for you to serve God and to be rooted and for him to not bring these things that you desire in your heart to pass. Yeah. And um, I, I love being planted here, but the courts, right? So like the baseball field, um, every Saturday or so, I, I just take a moment when I'm at the baseball field with my wife and my kids. Mm -hmm. You may be having a game, but Judah is on the other field running the bases and uh, you get to let your hair down and just mm -hmm. detach from everything. And um, I just, I, I draw back to October of 2006 when I gave my heart to Jesus. And mm -hmm. I think, wow, man, 15 years later, I'm in a state 800 miles away from home. This is home now, but from where I'm from and yeah. happily married mm -hmm. get to pass through the greatest church in the world yeah. Come on. <laughs> and um, my kids are healthy my life is blessed yeah. and it's not just because of Christ it starts with him it's all about him right, right. but it's because I chose to make a conscience effort yes. to be active in the house. Yep, that's it. And um, 
My kids aren't perfect by a long stretch, but they're flourishing. And the Bible says, train a child up in the way that he or she shall go, and when they're old, they shall not depart from it. So it's also legacy. You got to ask yourself, like, I want to be married. I want to be a parent. But when God brings you the spouse, when he brings you the children, where will you plant them? Will you plant them in your finances? Will you plant them in college? Will you plant them in a career? greatest place you can plant your family is the house of God. Yeah. So number six is a blessed life. Yeah. A blessed life. Mm-hmm. I've seen addicts find freedom. Mm-hmm. I've seen marriages heal. Yeah. I've seen young men find purpose. Mm-hmm. 15 years, Anthony. And if we would just stop playing with God, and if we would take him at his word and make him the number one thing in our lives. Yeah. Not this fleeting stuff, but the Lord right. and what he did for us on the cross. If we would make it number one in our lives. And if we would seek to glorify him in everything that we do. The life that he's prepared for you is unimaginable. And then if we would devote our lives and give our lives and dedicate our lives to the church. America has not seen the glory of God yet. Come on, baby, let's stand up. Let's bow our heads. So let's make sure we're inviting people this Easter. God has a word for them. Jesus said, invite so that my house may be full. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, God, for salvation. We thank you for forgiveness. We thank you, Lord, for your church. We thank you, Lord, for the shelter and the refuge that the church provides. The restoration, the renewal, the growth, the healing. We thank you for the relationships and the friendships that your hand is divinely orchestrating. We bless you for that there's anyone in here who who's saying today I'm giving my heart to the Lord what we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer and all it takes is faith and today your life can be changed forever or maybe you know Christ but you've been what we call backslidden and you need to come back home And you got to see that God is standing with his arms wide open, ready to receive you again. So we're going to pray a prayer online. I'm going to pray this prayer. And if you just say, Josh, include me in this prayer. I'm coming to the Lord. I want to be saved. I want to be set free. I want his spirit in my heart. Just pray along with me. Come on, church. Let's combine our faith. Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the sacrifice that you made on the cross. We thank you for shedding your blood, for the forgiveness of sin. I give you my life today. I turn from my dysfunction, and I turn to you. Thank you, Lord, for forgiveness. Thank you, Father God, for raising your son 
from the grave so that I can have eternal life. I ask for your spirit in my heart. Wash me, cleanse me. Today, I am yours and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Come on, come on, come on, come on.